Everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host Rob Logan, and I am joined by Tadriel. How are you? Oh, hello. Oh, hello. I am fantastic. Living in travel purgatory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier to adjust to the time out there than it is coming home and readjusting. Yeah, and that's what everyone's saying. Like, it's it feels fine. Once it's almost as if you get off the plane and your body goes into like this bestial mode, mm-hmm. where it's like I'm ready for anything. And then you get home and you're like a one-year-old and yeah. you can't handle anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your body just collapsed, which is fine. I mean, it's perfect timing, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, it's not like I have any work to do or anything. <laughs> My body's like, <laughs> frick everything. <laughs> but here um, we are. Yeah, we are. We are live. We made it home. Uh, we got a lot of work done. We still have a lot of work to do, but uh, this was your first experience at San Diego Comic-Con. It was. It was. How was your kind of like first impression as a whole? You know, I'm really glad I've been to several smaller conventions um, before this, because if it wasn't for those, I wouldn't be trained to deal with a massive amount of just humans around me. Mm -hmm. Um, I more than likely would have had a small panic attack. But Mm. honestly, just being there and being there with you who makes everyone feel so comfortable and casual, (laughs) I was fine. Um, I loved being able to just people watch and enjoy, honestly, enjoy the con through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super enjoyable for me. And then just getting to the panels that we got to go to and, and doing the interviews and working hard on the stuff that you and I, you know, really love. Yeah. It was magical. And doing it kind of with you and learning about the things that you love so much and why you love those things. Yeah, that was, that was a treat. I am a bit of a chi- I'm, I'm a professional, but I am a bit of a child at cons. Like I do get, uh, which was fantastic. <laughs> like you kept every time we would turn the corner when we were in the hotel getting ready to do interviews, you kept saying people's names that I had no idea who they were. And I was like, oh, that's a person that you know and love. And you're like, yep, uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, where's uh, where's Troy Baker? That's all right, I kept right. doing. But that I think was really uh, that was great. Yeah, I don't I don't expect everybody to know like the producers and writers and stuff behind all the little things. Right. Which I mean, of course, when you love things, you know, those people. Right. So, yeah, to kind of go through that with you um, and to get introduced to some things that I've never really been introduced to was quite lovely. And Spider-Man. I mean, I love (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Of course, Spider-Man. Yes. So uh, we're going to go day by day, uh, kind of talk about the things that we did. There are some things that like I didn't take notes the way I always do. So there might be things that are out of place as far as uh, when they happened. But I wedged things in where I think they took place as best yeah. as I could. Uh, so Thursday, we both got in on Wednesday night, so we couldn't go to preview night. Um, so we started our day off on Thursday. Uh, we got a little bit of a delayed start, which is one of the reasons that I didn't want to schedule a Thursday morning thing, because it was your first time there. Uh, I was getting in later than I normally do. 
So I just knew we would be kind of like on half engines as we started the day. Right. Uh, We did find a nice little coffee spot that I never really went to before. We did. And we went back to it every day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was like our start spot every day, which was really lovely. Um, Do you want to plug the location? I do. Uh, Yeah. Well, spill the beans. Yeah. Spill the beans. Spill the beans has lovely human beings that work there. They were all nice every day. Um, I lost my lens cap there, sadly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, we started off there. And then I guess from there every day after we got our fuel or I got my fuel, <laughs> uh, we, we ran up to the con, which honestly was perfect. Yeah. And the nice thing to about start. it too, uh, even location wise is it's, it's right on market street for people that go, uh, either to San Diego or to the con in next year or in future years. Uh, there's a CVS on the next block over. So there's a good way to like get your coffee or bagels in the morning. And then if you need like waters and snacks and all that stuff, it's literally like a block over. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds to Jenna, just like start things off. Yeah, I agree completely. So Thursday, uh, we did our whole prep thing and then we went to the con, uh, the massive buildings everywhere. Um, what was your, well, you've been to that building. But what yeah. was your kind of first impression at seeing like the layout of the gas lamp? I I mean, it felt like nothing. I've been to San Diego before for TwitchCon like two years ago, and it was completely different. A much smaller experience. Um, I thought there were a lot of people at that convention, and I obviously have no idea what that means. I mean, granted, San Diego Comic-Con is the largest convention in the country, yeah. so it, it makes sense. But still, I was not prepared. Um, the entire downtown just gets consumed with the convention itself. Everything becomes like this themed La La Land, which is lovely. It was lovely just to like sit back and like look at everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it was completely different for me. And I don't think I could see the ground the entire time we were there. There were so many people. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like sardine cans. And it. It it got worse throughout the con because uh, we started on the lighter end, but that's also the nature of it. But yeah, it's the, the it's always impressed me. I love like being a geek. There's a lot of places that don't feel like they cater towards that, but going into that, not only the building, but how like the entire town just envelops you in it, and there's kind of no escape. It's the um, best. Everyone kind of leans into it. Yeah. Which is just lovely. It becomes something for everyone. Uh, whether you're there to cosplay or there to enjoy, you know, your favorite geekdom mm-hmm. um, that you might subscribe to. Or even if there were, there were people that I was sharing an Uber with. And I was like, hey, are you guys from here? Um, what, do you, what do you do in downtown? And they're like, no. Uh, or yeah, we're from here. We're just here to people watch. We have no, we have no idea what's going on as far as the <laughs> Comic Con. They said the Comic Con, uh, but we're here to just like watch people. And I was yeah. like, that's that's amazing. <laughs> I got that from a lot of drivers that I came in with. That they were all like, oh yeah, I'm gonna head down to people watch and stuff, but I'm, I don't really care about the con itself. I just wanna. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's cool. I mean, I think they said something like two hundred thousand extra people in the city. Yeah. Uh, when the convention starts, which is wild, mm. like that is enormous. So I can only imagine. Yeah, it's a whole different. It's a sideshow for everyone who's not involved. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. The first thing we went to on Thursday was we took our chances trying to get into Hall H to make the Doctor Who panel, 
Yes. And we got in. Yes, we did. It felt like a, it was like a 10, okay, maybe not 10 minutes. I was just so excited the whole time. Maybe like 15 to 20 minute wait. Yeah, it something wasn't like even that. that it wasn't crazy. Yeah. And we, I mean, we weren't right up on them, but we got decent seats mm-hmm. and got to sit on an incredible panel. Yeah, it was super great to see. The the thing that I learned the most from the panel, I mean, it wasn't full of like huge reveals. It was really great to hear Jodie Whittaker's kind of impressions on being the new doctor. Um, but the thing that I learned out of it is that we have three companions coming into this one as opposed to the usual one or two. I don't remember the last time that they've had a group this large for the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be really interesting. And I think that's something that we both were talking about in the middle of the panel. Mm-hmm. We both looked at each other and we were like, three? Holy heck. Yeah. Um, it, it excites me and it also makes me really nervous because it makes me feel like maybe those intimate relationships aren't going to be as intimate this mm-hmm. season and it's going to be more of a collective, which to be completely honest, that kind of bums me out, but also on the other end of the spectrum gets me really excited because uh, I think something they kept saying about Jodie Whittaker's, um, I guess, 13th Doctor is that she's kind of a beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that they kept repeating. That's the only thing that they could really unveil about her personality was that she was just this beacon of hope. And I think that I agree with the writer of the show when he said that we kind of need that. So that seeing that live was like, I was freaking out. That was my moment of like, oh, wow. Because <laughs> we I don't even think we planned that. I don't think that was on our schedule. Uh, we just I had saw... it on my schedule, but we were lucky oh, okay. to we were lucky to get in. I wasn't sure if we'd be able to because, I mean, Hall right. H is Hall H. Right. And I mean, Doctor Who is Doctor Who. Yep. So yeah, just kind of being able to sneak in there and start the con off that way was super magical for me. Yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And even just like getting in there, like, it was almost like a goal accomplished right away. Like, okay, you saw Hall H, at least we got that done. So even if we don't get back in there, you saw that like the size of it and the scope of it already. Oh, yeah, the magnitude of that is just it blows my mind. Yeah, it's something like just over 6,000 people or something can fit in there. It's ridiculous. And the people who orchestrate those panels deserve like a round of applause. Oh, yeah. Because holy, holy wow. Yeah. Wowie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of people management. Oh, absolutely. From there, we went to the CBS press room where we were doing roundtable interviews uh, for shows like Charmed, Tell Me a Story, Magnum P.I., and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, we didn't get to talk to everybody. And like a lot of press rooms, they completely overbooked. I think they were even turning a few people away at the door because we just ran out of chairs. Yeah, I think by the time we got seated, which we were about middle of the line, mm-hmm. the the room was full. Yeah. And there was still a good maybe 50 people in line, which I think out of all the press rooms we had, that was the most overbooked we, we saw. Yeah, that was just silly. I... uh <laughs> I was very surprised at how many people were there based on like the shows that they were showing off, mm-hmm. but also yeah, they not also, surprised because it was CBS and that's generally a big deal. It felt strange to have three shows in one press room, but I think it was honestly for me as my first like major thing, it mm-hmm. was a good taste of what was to come next. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything else is kind of easier in comparison to something crazy like that. Right. Um. So we talked. We did to, get some great interviews. We did. Yeah. We did. We only talked to the executive producer of Charmed, not the cast, unfortunately. And uh, we did ask. Now, uh, I should mention, too, for people that want to actually see these and hear these, they will be up on the YouTube channel. If you go to the geekgeneration.com slash YouTube, 
you'll be able to see the interviews as they're released. There's probably only going to be a few by the time this podcast drops, but I'll be editing and releasing more over the next couple weeks. But then I'll also release, uh, if people just want to hear the audio, if they don't care about seeing them, I'm going to release a podcast episode that has all of them compiled like I have in years past as well. So if people just want to hear all the interviews, that'll be an option too. Uh, but the Charmed one, we talked to the executive producer. Again, not the cast. Uh, we did ask about them doing a reboot versus a continuation. And I don't think either of us were overly convinced with the rationale. Yeah, I think it's absolutely going to be something you must watch or listen in on, whatever way that we we do drop that interview. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think it does answer questions without necessarily answering questions yeah. directly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like a very political answer. I mean, the one thing, yeah. the one thing I think we both came away from is, uh, it's a money grab. It feels like a money grab. Right. And although I think I'm, it's, it's really easy to be a cynic. I have hope for the future. Uh, but yeah, go watch the interview. <laughs> I remain a cynic, but also watch the interview. <laughs> oh. Uh, we talked to the uh, two cast members that were there from Tell Me a Story and the executive producer of that, Kevin Williamson. And of all the shows uh, that were being talked about in this room, this was the one that interested me the most. Same. It was very, very interesting in the way that they're setting up that that show is going to be a, a hit or miss, ultimately. But the the basis of what they're doing is intriguing. Yeah. And this is going to be a CBS all access show. So if people want to watch it that way. And then I guess the premise basically is it's going to be retelling. Retelling is not even the right word. A reimagining or interpretation yeah. of uh, different fairy tales, but not like in the way that Once Upon a Time does it, because that was everyone's kind of go to comparison. They're kind of like extracting the morals and the messages and then putting those into like new dramas uh, in a way. So like. Paul Wesley was saying that one of his his character is one of the three pigs, but he's not like a pig. And it's not going to be like, oh, the wolf came and blew our house down. It's going to be right. the idea, probably the idea of like preparation. Right. Um, my understanding is just the narrative base of those stories yeah. and making them more human. Something I believe the producer said was humanizing them and making it more adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, the one thing that kept being emphasized as well was there was no paranormal. Yeah, that was um, interesting. Which I think they're trying to be rooted in reality mm-hmm. with these stories, which is I, which is really what excites me ultimately. Although I do love paranormal and magic and sure. all of that, but I, I see where they would want to diverge from that. Sure. And maybe make it more human and that. I'm really excited about it. And I think he said it was going to be something that they tell a different story or it's a weaving of several different stories all in one season. And then it completely restarts the next season with a new cast and new stories. Yeah. So he said like season one, they'd tell three different fairy tales and they'd all be somewhat interwoven. And then it's going to be an anthology series. So season two, they have a completely new cast, completely new stories. And Mm -hmm. that's that's cool. I like that. I do as well. I think b- based upon what we know, the bones of it, it has, you know, the makings of a great show. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with them. Same. They were lovely people to work uh, to speak with as well. They were. So. They were. Always. I know. J- just people's impressions. It it makes. So I've, I've said in the past on like other shows and stuff that like coming out of a Comic-Con, coming out of interviews, yeah. uh, you kind of become cheerleaders for certain yep. people. I'm yep. assuming you felt that as well. 
Oh, 100%. I have actually been watching The Magician since we've came back. Oh, really? Um, I, I realized, so I went back and I told you that I think I watched the entire of season, entirety of season one and I didn't. I stopped at a certain like spooky episode okay. and I got too afraid and didn't go <laughs> okay. back. But I've been watching, I've probably watched like four episodes since I've been back. Yeah. And yeah, I've, like a friend came over today and I was like, yeah, we interviewed that person and that person and they were so lovely. And yeah, I'm so much more invested in that show mm-hmm. now. Um, and I'm planning on watching and running Van Helsing. Um, yeah, it's, I think, Absolutely. I mean, once you have intimate time with a person mm-hmm. and you get to see them as a human, yeah, it gives you way more reason to kind of invest in something you may not have already been invested in. Absolutely. Uh, Magnum PI was another one that we talked about in there. We talked to two of the cast members and the executive producer of that as well. Again, it's not something I'm necessarily thinking that it needed to be rebooted, but the the kind of explanation they gave us made a lot more sense. And the fact that it's been like a ridiculous amount of time compared to charmed it's like okay that's fine like we live in a different world now than we did when the original magnum pi came out right and something he kept saying was you know maybe my daughter can watch this and actually you know have a connection to this and we can talk about that and i completely understand that Mm -hmm. with this this reboot it's i think it's something that like you said with the basis of bringing it back because we do now have veterans um, in the same position today it's almost like a retelling of history yeah uh, so if they can do that and kind of cut out all of the other nasty bits of history, yeah. <laughs> like they mentioned misogyny being one of them out of the show, mm-hmm. it could be a great thing. Yeah, there are certain reasons that over time a certain show doesn't hold up and <laughs> cultural norms could be that reason. So, yeah, if they're making like a new version of this with better effects uh, without misogyny, then that's every good reason to actually go forward with a reboot. So I, I, I don't know if I'm going to necessarily watch this one, but I support it. Me as well. Uh, the last one was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and we unfortunately didn't talk to anybody from that show. Yeah, we just didn't sadly. have time. Yeah. Wish we had something to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't. <laughs> with being our first press room, I actually came out of it kind of lackluster just because one – I didn't I didn't care about any of the shows that much and uh, I was honestly frustrated we didn't get the charmed cast. Yeah. I think I kept saying that to you. You did. <laughs> um <laughs> cuz I mean but I also understand there are only so many things there are so many things going on at the convention mm-hmm. that sometimes you miss out on that but I would have really loved to to have heard from them and kind of seen their point of view. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how much they would defend or should defend. I mean, they took a job and yeah, I, I, no, don't, I don't punish them for that. At no, all. no, no. And it's not even that I wanted a defense or anything. Yeah. Just more of just tell me how you're feeling. Yeah. Perspectives and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think the the bigger bum out for me, though, was we did that instead of a John Barrowman panel, which is like one yeah. of my favorite San Diego. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But it's OK. We'll. uh We'll make it through. We had a good rest of everything else, pretty much. So, yeah, and I think we still had things to take away from the first press room. Oh, so, sure, absolutely. You know, we went from there to the Van Helsing press room. Yes, we did. Which was lovely. Oh, it was so good. I so uh, so good. I, I watched the entire show. This was one of them that I I felt like we were going to get, and the response and approval came back so late compared to some of the others and i was like oh no did i just binge watch 
two seasons of a show for nothing. <laughs> but then then it came back and I was glad too because by the time I got like into the second season, the approval came through. I was like, this show's pretty fun. I like it. I hope we get it now. Where before I was like, eh, it could go either way. I'm fine. Um, yeah, you're a bit more invested. Yeah. And I started like looking into the cast right away. And then when I started doing research, I get like excited about it. If I'm like, this person seems like fun and this person seems like fun. Yeah. So who was your favorite to interview from the cast? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer to this, but I want our audience to know the answer. Yeah. So Kelly Overton uh, is the uh, the woman who plays Vanessa Van Helsing in the show. Already, I was the most excited to interview her, one, because she's the lead, but also in my research discovered that she is or was a hurdler in high school and she is from Western Massachusetts. So she's from the same state, uh, did the same sports, did the same events that I did. So uh, we kind of bonded over that a little bit before the cameras went on, uh, although the cameras might have been running actually at that point. They might have been. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was adorable. And I loved watching you kind of get giddy with somebody that you very clearly respected. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a little bit of research on her as well. So just kind of seeing her be able to answer the questions that we had prepared was nice. Because mm -hmm. uh, she's kind of just a badass. And it's nice to be around fellow badasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love when people come up to you and talk with no pretenses. She doesn't have to treat me like an equal. Right. Uh, because like I'm there as press. I'm the one interviewing her. There's kind of a power dynamic there already. But she was just so warm and friendly and just made me feel at ease very quickly and was like, oh, my God, you're also from Massachusetts. And like, yeah, it was it was exciting. I love when people get on that uh, kind of same ground with you. Yeah, and I think that was a really exciting part for me to watch, being behind the camera and not having to be much of a personality and getting to watch you kind of have these these genuinely intimate moments with people that, you know, you respect and, and you support um, and being able to share that with then, you know, our audience later. That's, not, that's the beauty of the interview. Mm -hmm. And you take it to the next level. You don't use the basic questions you take it to a whole nother level and you can tell when the the person that you're interviewing recognizes that. Mm. And yeah, I think she absolutely was there with you. She was comfortable because you were comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Not to geek out about <laughs> what I was watching the whole time. But yeah, that was a part of my enjoyment, too. Well, I mean, that's a perspective I don't always hear. So it's interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think like you said, I think they they respect and notice when I come in with my homework done. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're generally excited to talk about something that not everybody else in the press line is talking about. Because if you have to answer the same question or if you can't answer the questions that people are asking, that gets a little old pretty quickly, I would imagine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I from what I was kind of listening in, in on there, that was happening quite a bit. Mm hmm. Um, and then you would have these completely different, like, I've done all this research on you. I know your backstory. I know what you did in high school. And yeah, you could just tell the difference in interaction. And yeah, as as someone who was right there in it, it was super, super enjoyable. So mad respect on that. I'm going to stop stroking your ego now. Please don't, because I need someone <laughs> in my life, too. So this is, this is oh, nice. No. I'll take it. <laughs> After uh, the press room, we were hungry as hell. So uh, I think that we went for kind of like the easiest thing to do pizza. was pizza. 
Uh, yeah. So we got some like New York slices. I know we went to California to get New York slices of pizza. It was heckin' delicious. It was really man. good. I enjoyed it. We had soda and mm-hmm. like shamed ourselves for mm-hmm. it just a little bit, <laughs> like collective shame. And yet felt we earned it at the same time. Because we did. We did. Because we earned that sugary nonsense. <laughs> we earned it. Uh, and then we kind of just sat there at the bar and talked and talked and talked. Yeah, we had some Until bonding time. Guy, and I should, we had some good bonding time. I don't think the audience knows that this is the first time you and I actually met as people in real life. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. And it was absolutely lovely. It was exactly what I was hoping for. I enjoyed it immensely. Pizza bonding yeah. time. Pizza bonding time to the point to where the owner was like shooing us out <laughs> by cleaning our table, which was heckin' adorable. So instead of leaving, well, we left. But then we went and got ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> we co- we continued the party to more sugar. They can't shoo us out of every restaurant. <laughs> yeah, we got ice cream and then continued to bond, which was great. Yeah, so Ghirardelli uh, is like a yearly tradition for me at San Diego Comic-Con. So we took care of that like first night too, just in case, because you never know. And we were both what like... What ice cream did you get the first night? I, I got cookie dough with milk chocolate hot fudge oh right yes yes that one yes and i got the cherry it was like black vanilla cherry Mm. and it had like chunks of cherry in it i was stepping outside of the box i was feeling spicy it was my first (laughs) night of san diego comic-con i was ready to party and i got it and it was i got it with caramel it was fucking delicious it sounds great like i've wanted it since i've come back every day oh yeah if only i don't know I've never seen another Ghirardelli ice cream shop, but they must be around. I think we have one in the city, really? but I feel like I'm going to have to like dig for it. Yeah. Mm. I think we have one. I think, I think. Well, you're closer than California is. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, Friday, we attempted to start our day with the Young Justice Outsiders panel <laughs> and waited. Uh, how How long? Like. Maybe an I don't know. Hour. We were having good conversation. We are. We that, met a really nice guy gentleman. in line. Yeah. Yes. And we chatted up uh, him the whole time. He was very friendly, very outgoing. Incredible human. But even though we didn't make it in that panel, we you did set your eyes on someone oh, yes. for the first time. <laughs> oh, God. I hope people don't think I'm like a creep. I hope they do because <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier that way. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was my first, uh, my first seeing, my first, I guess, sighting <laughs> of <laughs> Troy Baker. He was just like casually walking down the hallway, I guess, getting ready to go into the Young Justice panel, mm-hmm. and I just kind of like casually looked at him and looked away as if I didn't know who he was. Yeah. While I panicked inside. So we we knew we were going to be interviewing Troy at some point, but we didn't think we were going to bump into him like prior to that. So. But we did. Squee a little bit. It's a Friday delight. <laughs> and uh, we we enjoyed the Young Justice panel uh, by their cheers from outside of the room. Yeah, we literally, as we continued moving on the line, we know everybody's in the room. We know the panel's already going. We've seen everybody walk in. We've heard the <laughs> cheers. And as we get, we inch closer and closer to the door, you continue to hear these shouts and these like screams. And we're just like, okay. They're screaming for us. They're they're really excited for us to come in. <laughs> and they were just twisting the knife the entire time we were waiting. Yeah. Yeah. It was it hurt. Even though I have no attachment to the show, it still hurt me. <laughs> hurt by proxy. Yes. 
our first press room on Friday was for Lego DC Supervillains, uh, which is an upcoming, the next upcoming Lego game, which I'm excited about because I, I greatly enjoy Lego games. There was some wonderful, wonderful voice talent in here, as well as uh, somebody we've had on the podcast before and interviewed before, uh, Arthur Parsons, who is the game director of many of these Lego games. And I was super impressed that he not only remembered me by name, but remembered the last game that I interviewed him for being Lego Batman 3. I was like, holy crap, like I've I've had the occasional person I interviewed remember me by name, but his memory was on point and I have to give him props for that. Yeah, he was a very cool, chill dude. Yeah, and we uh, we got to interview Fred Tatashore, who's absolutely lovely. So lovely. We talked to Julie Nathanson here for the first time. We'll we'll revisit her later in this conversation, <laughs> uh, and then several other people. And it was wonderful because I just love I love interviewing voice actors. They're the nicest people ever. Yes, a hundred percent. Voice acting is the way to go if you want to do anything in life <laughs> that regards acting. Do the voice. Mm-hmm do the voice it's tough to get into it's a tight group but worth it be ready to crind but you can do it yes after that we had the death of superman press room that was a couple hours later i don't know if we did anything of significance we might have gone onto the con floor at at some point yeah i think we just kind of wandered around here yeah it's meandered yeah judged everybody (laughs) (laughs) in the best way possible yes of course is that is that when we tried streaming um, possibly. I think it was. Either Friday or Saturday we tried streaming. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been Friday. I think it was as well, actually. We ended up streaming for like a half hour and then uh, realized that our delay was like five minutes. And uh, I watched the video back. Like, you don't even hear us say bye. Like, the the video Aww. cut off and then they would have seen five more minutes, but it never delivered that, oh, unfortunately. Heck. But it is what it is. it came out okay we tried we We tried tried. uh the death of superman press room was pretty good much bigger room uh horribly lit they have a couple rooms where there are no windows and they're just really bad lighting but we got some really great interviews in there uh people like jerry o'connell rebecca romaine jason o'mara christopher gorham great great people that was a fun room it was it was. I was t- I was very tired at that point, but I was still like I was still going off of the high of interviewing and it was really enjoyable. Mm. And then to kind of speed that take that that interview room straight into the the actual premiere of the film was a delight. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. And even uh in between, we made it to a panel we didn't necessarily plan on going to because it just happened to be in the same room as Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. And that was the Cloak and Dagger panel, which I was excited to see, uh, even though I didn't know it was going to be there, because I started watching Cloak and Dagger like for the trip out to San Diego. That was my plane show that I was watching. So I caught up on pretty much everything that had aired. And I do enjoy the show quite a bit, actually. The only thing that (laughs) the only thing that bugs me about it a little bit is it reminds me of the old CW shows where like they end every episode with some overly dramatic song. And like a, a like a music montage, like Degrassi. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, do we have yes, to do this yes. every episode? <laughs> I love that actually. <laughs> uh, that's like required in my guilty pleasure. Oh shows. well, then you have to watch Cloak and Dagger. It will be a guilty pleasure for you. I I actually yeah, that was my first taste of Cloak and Dagger. That panel that we kind of snuck into, mm-hmm. 
And I was really excited just seeing the chemistry of the cast on stage was they were hilarious. Yeah, they were really funny. Um, they were really funny and they, you could tell that they loved what they were doing. I mean, of course you do, but you could tell that they really loved and were really invested in the characters that they were portraying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a yet another show I've added to my list. <laughs> <laughs> Get back from Comic-Con and have like the least amount of time to do anything because there's a I, thousand I, shows to catch up on. I th- clearly think so highly of myself over here thinking I'm queen of consumer culture <laughs> and I consume all media and I didn't know half of the things that we even did. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a nice uh, takeaway, that list. Yeah, and then we uh, stayed put in there. Um, we got some pretty nice seats, and we watched the Death of Superman premiere. Yeah, and was... I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I did as well. For my first ever DC animated movie, mm-hmm. I loved it so much. And those screenings is something they do, like they were saying right at the beginning. Um, one of the kind of like panel organizers for San Diego Comic Con came out, and this is something they've been doing for like the last ten years. They always show a DC animated movie on the Friday night of Comic-Con. And it's really exciting. I love watching movies, even though like the audio is like panel room quality. Uh, There's something really exciting about watching a movie with a huge room of people who are all into the same shit you're into. Oh yeah. That having those audience reactions, which I'm sure is exactly why they premiere them um there because it gives them so much to kind of feed off on but yeah having those reactions especially when the dialogue was super cheesy Mm -hmm. and like very expected dialogue Mm -hmm. and having everyone around you laughing their ass off that was that was lovely i loved it i always rewatch the movies that i watch at premieres i'll watch them by myself to be like okay now let's watch the movie and see how it actually is because Mm -hmm. it's like a heightened experience watching it with that group yeah you're under a spell. Yes. So I have to rewatch it. Although I think it's it's going to hold up. My my one complaint, I think I mentioned this at the time too, is that the animation does feel a little on the cheaper side. Uh, so I don't know what studio they're using. It feels like they're using a different studio for that than they are for some of their other like series. Like like the footage we saw of Young Justice that's going to be coming back looks phenomenally better than the animation quality of Death of Superman, which is surprising, but. Yeah, and I echoed that that complaint as well. Yeah. Um, I still believed in the characters and it didn't change my my believing of the narrative. But yeah, I do kind of want to see better, especially because we've had better decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be nice to kind of match the times. But I'm sure also like we're coming from a, a point of we don't know everything behind the production. Oh, yeah. And exactly what their budget is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, although I'm not super happy with that, the narrative and just caring about the characters that they they clearly took time on mm-hmm. um which we don't even see in the live action films from dc very true so yeah for me i was just like i i think i was in shock our entire walk out of the convention <laughs> center i was just like why was that so good <laughs> yeah especially in comparison yeah yeah i'm definitely a fan and we'll definitely that's another thing added to my list are all of the dc <laughs> animated movies i can't wait um, to see your watch list after all of this yeah yeah it's oh it's it's a long one yeah as it should be i guess there should just be subsequent podcasts called todd catches up <laughs> <laughs> todd gets her shit together yeah tm <laughs> um but i'm also more excited about the uh sequel that will be coming out to that so this is the first of a two-parter they're doing the death of superman this year and then next year they're going to release reign of the superman which is a story they have not yet adapted 
for animation in any form. And, and I Woman. love that story. And yes, they are doing, uh, they're doing four DC animated movies next year instead of just their normal three. So there will be, oh, so they announced, yes, they announced another Wonder Woman movie. I forget what the subtitle on that Blood one was. Bloodlines, I believe. Bloodlines, that's right. Good, Todd. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, you paid attention to that one. Hey, yeah, I did. Of course um, I did. <laughs> but even more exciting for me, there's a Teen Titans one they're doing, uh, but then they're also doing Batman Hush, which is one of my favorite uh, Batman graphic Yeah, the novels. audience freaked out. Yes, it is a fan favorite. Partially because not only because Jim Lee wrote uh, uh, did the art on the book, but also because it incorporates like the entire rogues gallery. It's got Superman in there. It is it is chock full of goodness. And it's a great story on top of yeah, the, the bits that you told me about it. I'm I'm here for it. That's actually one of the comic books I added to my list because mm. it, it sounds like a very dark Batman. And I'm so here for that. Although you might be thinking of the other story I told you about, which was oh. Flashpoint. Oh, rip. <laughs> the, that, the alternate reality one? Yeah. Yeah, that's Flashpoint. Oh. But I on, want that. Can we have that? On, on Do the you hear us? There, we there want is, that too. There is an animated movie of Flashpoint. Oh, okay. Yes. I need to watch that. Yes. It's Do one of the me? better <laughs> ones too. It's one of the better ones. It's very good. Yeah, that good. sounds so good. Yeah, okay. Okay. Topic. <laughs> Side conversations. Uh, that was our Friday night. And then on Saturday, uh, we didn't have anything in the morning. So Todd wisely suggested that we get brunch. Yeah, that was our brunch day. Oh, heckin' yes. It was so good. <laughs> we had brunch at Breakfast Republic. Yes. Um, in downtown San Diego, which if you've ever been there, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, get your ass over there. Get you a Bloody Mary, because that was probably the best Bloody Mary I've had in my entire life. <laughs> um, and the wait was really short, yeah. considering. Yeah, I figured during Comic-Con time it would be kind of crazy. Uh, but we maybe waited like 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah, not bad. I really enjoyed my breakfast sandwich. I did want to go. I wish they didn't close at 3. Because <laughs> I really wanted to go back there for dessert. Breakfast all day. They had they had a breakfast thing where you could do like three pancakes and then get like almost a sampler platter. And they had so many different kinds of pancakes that looked amazing. And I wanted mm. to get I wanted to get a cinnamon roll pancake and mm. a pineapple upside down pancake and a friggin' Oreo pancake. It's like everything that oh, you love. It's it's the perfect cacophony of pancake. <laughs> And unfortunately, I, I I wisely, I think, opted to get just a breakfast sandwich so I wouldn't be weighed down and feeling awful all day. But yeah, I think that was a very smart decision on your part. It is. Eggs. We had eggs. I still dream about those pancakes, though, that I never had or even saw. <sighs> I feels still... bad. <laughs> feels bad. We'll have to find a way to get them. It's like one of my two Comic-Con regrets, that and the John Bowerman panel. If I could eat Aww. those pancakes while watching the John Bowerman panel, oh, if only. Life would be perfect. It would be. The things we give up. <laughs> uh, I think it was also on Saturday when we first entered the con that we bumped into one Mr. Matt Mercer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the beginning of a really nice day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so we bump in, bumped into them. Him and uh, what is Marisha? Marisha Ray. Yeah, uh, they were on the con floor with, I think, a few other of their lovely friends. We only had highs for him and Marisha because mm -hmm. we have problems, clearly. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we got a, we got a picture with Matt. 
He was absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. And you guys actually bonded over Andrea, which I think was adorable. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, because uh, we were doing the Batman, the animated series stuff later. And then he had he saw my shirt because I was wearing the animated series shirt. He was yeah. like, oh, that's a cool shirt. And I was like, hey, we're going to be interviewing the cast later. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. Uh, Kevin and Andre. He was like, oh, my God, Andre is going to be here. And so he's like, yep, I'm going to go yep. text her. And doo-doo-doo. We bettered his life in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> you bettered his life in that moment <laughs> he bettered my life in that moment uh yeah just two really lovely people just as as fantastic as you'd expect them to be mm-hmm. they're the type of people that greet you like your old friends yeah this is as if we knew them mm-hmm. and after that after that we played a game we used we played our press powers game. for the first time really yeah our press privileges were exercised in one moment and one moment only yeah and that was Spooderman, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we played, uh, what was it, like a 15-minute demo of Marvel Spider-Man that's coming out for PS4, the Insomniac game. It, I'm happy to report it is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible. It is everything that you wanted and more. I mean, the internet is never pleased, so I'm sure some people will hate it. Mm-hmm. But just based upon the the games I played while I was younger when I played Spider-Man 2, it, they pulled the elements that you love and you recognize mm-hmm. while making it a very obviously like t- 2018 game. Yes. Um, so the graphics were incredible. Swinging felt exactly the way that it should, although you had a, a bit of a complaint with the I swinging. Felt it, I thought it felt a little slow. I would right. have liked to see. I never felt the rush of speed that I did when playing Spider-Man 2, the game. But the swinging physics themselves are amazing. They're probably more lifelike. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely more lifelike. There's more variability in what you can do mm-hmm. while you are swinging, True. Um, which was nice for me. I really enjoyed that. I just wanted to swing the whole 15-minute demo. <laughs> I didn't want to do any missions, which essentially is Spider-Man for me. It's like a GTA game where you just literally swing from mm-hmm. rooftops and kick people in the face. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think the demo was a great, I think it was a great length and the amount of actual mechanics that you get to use in that short amount of time was incredible. Mm. Um, it was even difficult for me just kind of getting used to the mechanics and, and I died a few times. I don't even think I finished the final boss. <laughs> I think I, I started sweating a little bit at the end, but yeah, I'm, I can't wait for it. I'm sad it's not out now. Yeah, there's, I mean, the, the swinging's great. The fighting is even better than the swinging the fighting is super fun and very varied like you can really play around with it which i enjoyed and i think that we kind of just unlocked a very base level of what that Mm -hmm. game is going to be which is really exciting yeah i know there was a lot of fear when the trailers and the gameplay was originally showed that they were like oh there's just going to be a ton of quick time events and cutscenes, but and yes, there are quick time events and cutscenes, but it's all integrated so nicely and so fluidly that it feels like the way Uncharted did, where the difference between the cutscene, it never pulled, like you never feel like you're leaving the game necessarily. It feels appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. I love it. It flows really well. Very. Feels like a video game. Yeah. <laughs> and for a video game based upon, you know, comic book and movie title, it's kind of. No, not even just kind of. Incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, we went to our first press room of the day after that, which was Batman the Animated Series, which was when I got the invite for this, I didn't even know it was coming out on Blu-ray. So I like 
squeed a little in my chair when I was like, <laughs> what? Finally. Yeah, this is the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was super excited uh, to do this. And the people we got to talk to, I was absolutely thrilled for. Like, we had talked to Kevin Conroy at the DC Supervillains press room. And I think he was like, okay, <laughs> like I'm doing a Lego video game and that's fine. Yeah. But when we talk to him about Batman, the animated series, he's a completely different person. Man, does oh, yeah, he respect the hell out of that show. He loves his Batman mm-hmm. as he should. Mm-hmm. So he was great. We talked to Lauren Lester, who's the voice of Robin. We talked to Andrea Romano, who I Which will never stop like, calling a legend because she yeah, is. Yeah, that was magic. She's the just best. Being Oh man, and she's just so, she's so regal and just mm-hmm. amazing. You could feel like you were in the presence of of royalty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Voice acting royalty. <laughs> uh, we talked to Paul Dini, and that was the first time I interviewed Paul Dini, uh, and he was wonderful too. Big, big creative influence on Batman the animated series. And I told you uh, in the room too, but I'll I'll tell the audience as well. Like being in this room for me felt like being back in my childhood in a way because there is nothing on the face of this planet that has shaped me more as a person as Batman the Animated Series did. It is the it is the best parts of every version of Batman put into the best possible timeless presentation of it because there are there are things, and we do talk about it a little bit in an interview um, with Eric Radomski, one of the producers. There were things that this show did that they had to do to skirt the censors, and yet it made the show so much better because I, I, it's just the way I like things. Like, So there, there's an episode called Robin's Reckoning where they show how Robin became Robin, how his parents died and all that stuff, and you're like, wait, they showed out how his parents died in a kid's mm-hmm. cartoon? But in order to do that, they, his parents are trapeze artists. Someone had sabotaged the rope. They fall. They die. But all they show is them swinging, the frayed rope swinging into frame, like coming back as they should have, and then the reaction of the audience. And that is yeah. so much more powerful than showing two bodies on the ground. Yeah, Absolutely. And they they did stuff like that in the show all the time. And I love that. It's so it's so brilliant. Which ties back to what I was saying about the animated series in general is where they really take the time to tell a story Mm -hmm. um, and not throw action at you, which you're able to emote with that. And you're emoting with an animated character as an adult. Yeah. And that's to me is incredibly transformative. And yeah, being and you saying that it was from your childhood understanding that and then to understanding it to a level of okay this isn't just a comic book people relate to it as childhood memories this is also like a a narrative with a substantial story Mm. um yeah no i completely understand why you love it so much yeah i have i know i don't have the time for this but i have (laughs) i have for years wanted to do a podcast that simply goes through every episode of batman the animated series and kind of talks about each episode individually it would be amazing to do there are other podcasts out there that do it but i would love to do something like that in the Just future write that down I know. for when we oh, have i've already created graphics for it and everything like it's already <laughs> i just did it like in an afternoon years ago i was like oh. it, this is what it would be if i could make it happen 
Aww. I know. Someday, someday when I can do nothing someday but podcast and stream and ooh. anyway. We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Chugging along. <laughs> Our next uh, press room after that was for Sci-Fi's Deadly Class, which is a show that's not yet on the air, but looks super cool. Yeah, it looks so cool. And just being able to to speak with the people who are playing the, you know, the characters. It didn't, I mean, yet again, added another show to my list that I'm kind of waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a few things after San Diego Comic-Con about this. People are getting pretty excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Deadly Class. Yeah. So we had roundtables for this one, too. So we won't we won't unfortunately have like the one on one interviews that we normally do, but we'll present in one form or another. Uh, our information from the press rooms there and every yeah everyone we talked to was lovely we didn't talk to everybody again because it was another overbooked uh <laughs> stuffed room yeah. we did get the main it seemed the main people from the cast mm. oh we didn't um, get the, the lead. leads oh we didn't we get did the not lead. get the lead but we got oh, we got a heck. lot of the other people oh right okay yeah we didn't he was on his own yes. wasn't he yes yeah yeah uh we had the magicians after that which you already talked about a little bit but i i freaking love this show so <laughs> i was super excited um and i had done a magician's press room before but i only got to talk to uh like john mcnamara and sarah gamble the producers i talked to lev grossman the author of the books who wasn't at this press room and i talked to jade taylor who was not in this press room uh either so uh we talked to pretty much everybody Except yeah, for Arjun Gupta, who plays Penny. He just wasn't mm-hmm. there. And then we didn't get to talk to Jason Ralph, who plays uh, the lead in the show, unfortunately. Uh, but everybody else was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Very, so many of them, so similar. So now that I'm going back and I'm watching this, um, so similar to who they are mm-hmm. as people. Um, of course, they definitely take themselves and they transform themselves into their characters. And you can see a very clear difference. But... Yeah, no, I think after watching and being around them and having the questions answered and, and the questions asked, uh, watching the show is so, is so much better. Yeah. So much more enjoyable. Yeah. They fully love their roles and it's beautiful to see that. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely great. Um, I wish and someday <laughs> I will get the one on ones with them that I want to, uh, because I have so many questions for all of them. And uh, we had talked about this a little bit too, the flow of a round table interview versus a one-on-one like in front of the camera interview is so very different so different so for those of you that don't know the major differences between roundtable and then standing up against the the comic-con wall doing video you are at a table full of other press outlets that they can ask questions whenever they have an opportunity to um so a lot of the times you only get the opportunity to answer or to ask one question as an outlet um and sadly on one of our i think probably best questions mm-hmm. that we had we were talking to summer Bishop. Um, yes we we had a technical issue where uh rob he was right in the middle of the table <laughs> he had a great a great angle on every um cast member it was a fantastic angle and he he asked a really fantastic question and somebody had kicked the tripod um as they were passing between uh tables because this room was cramped mm-hmm. man it was so cramped and the, the camera just flopped and went so like the lens went straight down to the table. And oh, man, my heart hurt. But I do still have <laughs> I it. I was completely... ready to like jump up in the air and <laughs> throw the guy. I do still have it in full audio. So it will yeah. be it will be we part will of... be able to release it. Yeah, but yeah. dang it. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that surprised me the most about that is not only that it fell, but also, like, I had my hand on the tripod yeah. for, like, everything yeah. else, and I don't know at what I point I think you finally I let go. answered that question, and you took it off for a few seconds. I think that's what it was, because I asked the question. I got, yeah. I, I was getting into her answer so much that I just stopped paying attention to the tripod. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, well, it happens. Yeah. What are you going to do? After that, it was from there to Hall H. We had a very busy Saturday. It was back to Hall H for an evening with Kevin Smith. I I didn't know if I was dragging you to this. It was something that I wanted to see because I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith. And hopefully some of that, I don't know what your prior impressions were, but hopefully some of that kind of transformed your impression of him. Oh, yeah. So I was familiar with Kevin Smith before the panel. Uh, not typically the content I consume, but I'm always open for anything. I was down for the ride. And, uh, yeah, no, the first hour that I stayed there where he kind of did his stand-up bit about his experience um, with his, his heart attack recently, that was incredibly transformative for me, honestly. Um, he's great at talking to people. He's a fantastic comedian. And he was telling a really, really just beautiful, important story. And he was painting it in a way that it's it's etched in my mind, mm-hmm. the words that he said, um, which I think that takes a lot of skill just as a human being. So I think my level of respect completely raised for him. I didn't actually realize how big of a deal he was for Comic-Con. Mm. So yeah, just kind of seeing him from a different perspective and being able to consume a little bit of the content that he's pushing out there. We watched the premiere for Hollyweed, which was also fun to see through your eyes because I also know that <laughs> a part of it is not completely what you consume either. Yeah. But we both were just sitting there laughing our asses off, having a great time. Yeah, there were jokes. Like, it's not a show I would probably watch just because it's not my uh, type of content. Yeah. But it's there's undeniably funny parts in that show. Right, right. And I, I hope he does, like, absolutely fantastic things. I hope he gets picked up and I hope people support it because it's clear that he cares about it. And there are, like, very funny moments. Oh, yeah. I see that there's definitely an audience for that. Totally. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. I really enjoyed his story about his heart attack. It made me feel... Like, my life is precious. Um, I almost cried there for a minute. It was great. If you have the opportunity to watch it, definitely go watch it. Yeah, and then uh, you you left after that, but I stuck around and... Yeah, like, for an hour later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long. It went... His <laughs> his panel went from 6.45 to 9.30. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of typical of him. And I always forget, and I just lose track of time. <laughs> but... Hey, and there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after uh, showing the pilot for Hollyweed, they showed a short called uh, Tom and Grant, which was made by Tom Cavanaugh and Grant Gustin of the Flash fame. I also didn't realize that all the music in the short was done by the guy who plays Cisco on the Flash, Carlos. I can never remember his last name, but he he recorded all of the music with Tom Cavanaugh that is featured in that short. And the short itself was OK. I feel like they they made mention on stage that most of it was birthed from jokes inside jokes that they have on the set of the flash like when they're not necessarily acting and they're just doing the in between things they have all these little jokes that happen and it's probably funnier to them <laughs> than so like the the present there were there were a few parts where it just kind of dragged the overall narrative was very funny uh, but yeah. there were a little, there were some slow parts, but it was fun. I mean, it's a little short film that they made on their own time and you got to give people 
credit for being creative regardless. Absolutely. And I appreciated that about specifically Kevin Smith and, and those that surround him mm-hmm. are, is they are very communal. And yeah, sometimes it does feel like they are, you know, laughing at an inside joke, but it's enjoyable as an audience. Mm. Um, I feel like they put the heart in, in creative content on Hollywood and they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Which that for me is just, yes, please. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I appreciate about Kevin is that he he is a proponent for doing your own thing and making your own stuff. Like he says it nonstop. He's like, there is nobody in this room that should not have a podcast. There is nobody <laughs> in this room that should not be making something. Because He's like, everybody has their own story. So write it down. Talk about it. Do whatever. Put your heart into something and make it. Because nobody else has the same perspective that you do. And the world deserves to see it. And I love that about him. Uh, Just kind of his That's the basis of, yeah, why I love storytelling. Yeah. So, yeah, it made it really easy for me to just enjoy. Even though it's not my the first thing I go to consume on my time. It was something that I still really enjoyed spending time with. So, no, you did not drag me. (laughs) (laughs) I might have at first, but it was okay by the end. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Uh, Sunday was unfortunately our last day at the con because they do close the doors on us. Uh, (laughs) We started off the day by meeting up with Julie Nathanson, who is a wonderful voice actor. Uh, We met her at like the Omni Hotel. And uh, it's I was very excited for this. I didn't know a ton about her before we were offered the interview, uh, but I was very excited about it because I really enjoy the non press room press opportunities where we get to do like one on one, more relaxed, informal chats with people. We did it with lights last year, uh, and that was one of my favorite interviews from the year, even though, again, I knew nothing about her when I was first offered it. So uh, we spent we spent what I thought was eight or nine minutes talking. Turns out it was like 15. <laughs> oh, it was lovely. Yeah. And you had you had an interactive kind of component to this interview. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So we we went upstairs. So imagine a hotel lobby, right? Um, tons of people running in and out of it. We had to find a space to actually have this interview. Mm-hmm. So unlike every other press thing that we did here at the con, we didn't have designated space to actually conduct our interview. We had to make our own space, which was really fun, honestly, because mm. I think we had like three different spots yeah. in mind that we did not use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we ended up going upstairs, finding a more quiet corner that was up against a, a window. Uh, so it had fantastic lighting and very few people going in and out of the shot. And uh, she kind of helped us do that. She was such a great personality, immediately comfortable around her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we kind of just joked around for a while until the interview was just like inevitably starting. And when you are the camera person and you're behind the camera trying to set the shot and make sure that the camera doesn't fall or make sure that the audio is coming in correctly um, and making sure that Rob's in the camera and in the frame correctly, uh, you have the opportunity to interact with them. Um, so when they said funny things, I laughed and because they were using mics, you're not going to hear me laugh. So that's, that's good for us. <laughs> but it was also me being able to actually be a part of the audience for them, which I think was good. Absolutely. Because yeah. yeah. So, I mean, their audience, these are, these are people who are performers and yeah. sometimes they perform in a vacuum, like in a voice booth or something. So it's rare that they get the opportunity to have a live audience. But when they do, 
their performance personality comes out for sure. And in those moments, I am I am part of the audience, but not really because I'm there with them. And it kind of falls on you. So they're we're basically doing a show for you. Yeah. Uh, and I think she even made a comment of it. She's like, I, I loved how like into the conversation you were and laughing at things. And she complimented you on it. Yeah, she did. But I was like, oh, my God, thank you all for noticing. <laughs> um, I thought I was just laughing over here like a nerd. But yeah, no, it was. It was super. It was nice because I, I mean, I've done a bit of acting here and mm-hmm. there. And I know what it feels like to just be like looking at the fourth wall and having nothing mm-hmm. um, and having to imagine there be something. So, yeah, I think I would even react really well to those little little giggles. And, and she was fucking hilarious. Was. And if you, if you haven't seen, if we, hopefully we'll have it up. Um, but if you haven't seen it yet, please go see the Julie Nathanson interview that we did in the Omni um, because she was, she was a hoot. And she could have gone on for days. It was her show. Mm-hmm. And I hope she does even better things in the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could have kept going for a while, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Uh, we were supposed to have an interview after that with Kari Walger in the same kind of format interview. Unfortunately, Kari uh, had a scheduling issue and couldn't make it. She had left. <laughs> she had gone home. Uh, so, <laughs> she was done. Yeah, she was done. Uh, yeah. But of no fault to her whatsoever. That was just a scheduling yeah. issue. Things happen. Yeah, it happens. We then went to see Cass Anvar, who was recently on the podcast as well. Um, and he was also just as lovely. We didn't get as much time with him. There was a bit of a time crunch. I didn't think we would have much more time than we did anyway. Right. But for anybody doing press uh, at anything ever, schedule your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When they give you a time frame, tell them what time you'll be there. Yes. So there were there were a few people that were also pressed that had probably been there for close to two hours. And we came in and basically cut the line because they knew what time frame to be there, but they never scheduled it. I don't know why, uh, but I scheduled my time. So we came in and yeah, just pro tip. Yeah. Schedule, schedule your, your time. time. Come in, get it done. But Cass was great. He's such a champion of the expanse. He was kind of the front runner leading the charge, getting to get it renewed. And uh, and he is maintaining that position. And like he said during the interview, he has not seen a ship. He's never seen this kind of response to the show since people thought they had lost it and it's back. And it is truly powered by the fandom right now, which is amazing to see. Like so many shows on television right now. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful to see him. He's also the voice of Altair in he Assassin's is. Creed. Um, which was one of my favorite ones. Mm. So I was low key geeking out. <laughs> yeah, he was lovely. We then had the Lego DC. Oh God, this friggin' title. Uh, the Lego <laughs> DC superheroes Aquaman Rage of Atlantis press room. <laughs> and they always have the longest titles for these. One year it was Lego DC superheroes like Justice everyone. League Cosmic Clash. <laughs> and it's like, good lord. I know it does feel like a giant troll. It's the, but... the perfect tongue twister for every voice actor. It's yep. what they say leading into their sessions. <laughs> yeah. It's how they get warm. <laughs> so starting every interview with that already made it funny for me. Yeah. On every single one. You used it every time. I did. And we <laughs> I was laughing every time. <laughs> it's the ongoing bit of those yeah. interviews. Uh but we did some wonderful interviews there. I love Sunday morning press rooms, especially with those voice casts because they're just so damn chill so chill everybody's like 
yep, we're all spent. Let's just get this done and go home. Yeah. But not in like a screw Let's this rush thing. Way, yeah. yeah it it's like, like uh, we who don't cares have to, anymore? Yeah. We've been through so much already. Yeah. <laughs> We've been through the battle. They're so <laughs> you're great. just like trekking on the beach. Yep. <laughs> enjoying yep. the sunset almost. So we did all those. Uh, and then the highlight of that press room. <gasps> was of course what todd was looking forward to all weekend uh which was when we interviewed troy baker yes which i looked that's like a seven minute interview yeah because you guys derailed it which was hilarious gary was like what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) so gary was the organizer of all of the basically the animated series and the lego supervillain everything that we did for all of warner brothers interactive uh, uh, warner brothers home entertainment uh, lovely human being. Yes. yes, he did kick over my camera at one point, but it's fine. <laughs> we weren't in. We weren't in shot. No, nope, um, it was fine. Yeah, he was great, great guy, and he was very huge stickler on making sure that we had three questions mm-hmm. per guest. Um, and we, I believe, we did technically have three questions. It's just that last question went on and on and on yeah, and on. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. That wasn't my fault at that point. That was all Troy. It's 100% Troy. <laughs> 100%. We, we blame Troy for all of it getting derailed. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, it, and it's un- the only unfortunate thing about all that is that you guys can't see everything that happened because probably even more happened off camera uh, than did on camera because we just got you'll, you'll see like in the interview that we brought up talking about E.T. the Atari game. Uh, and his uh, <laughs> retro replay show that he does with Nolan North. And when I brought that up, he lit up and wanted to talk about it forever. It was beautiful. Yeah. And we talked to him about it for way longer off camera. We did. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to hook him up with the game uh, because I agreed to send the Atari game uh, itself to them so that they could play on retro replay. Uh, we just got to dot all those I's and cross all those T's to make it happen. Yep. Yep. It was absolutely lovely. You guys know anybody in the Geek Gen community knows how excited I was to meet him, um, which shockingly he was the first time I was introduced to him was from Last of Us. Uh, and just because of the effect of that game, it would be as if I was meeting Ashley Johnson. The effect that game la- left on me. Mm-hmm. I've been a huge fan since. And yeah, I... I was able to keep it together and just kind of <laughs> casually speak with him. And it was absolutely, it was fantastic. I was very was proud very of you for not person. fangirling too Yeah. Hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to do that in the press room. Like, no, no. you just don't. And like I kind of told you, like, if I do the things I want in life, this won't be the only time I see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. We kind of ended our con at that point and we went to go get some lunch. We did, yes. We did. Ramen. Ramen. So this I I don't know if this was the thing that you were hyping up the most <laughs> over the building up to Comic Con. Um Todd was very excited about taking my ramen virginity. because <laughs> uh, I so I'd had like popping that ramen cherry. I'd had like the garbage store ramen that kind of everybody eats at some point in college. Which is still delicious which is and fine, no shame. But I'd never had proper like restaurant ramen. And I'm happy to say that it holds up to the hype. Yeah, it's very, very good. We would have had some major issues 
if it didn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a granted, picky eater. he took out all of the delicious things in ramen: please, onions, mushrooms. Please, please. Um, <laughs> I got rid of the, the excrement out of oh something goodness. that doesn't belong oh, in food oh in general. Uh, but yeah. I still had my egg. I had my pork. I had my noodles. I had, and you like ate every last heckin' bit I, of it I'm too. I'm the only one that finished mine. You are like I still had a good little like soup, like a little like puddle of of soup and mm-hmm. noodles left because mine was spicy. I and we had the pork spicy. buns beforehand. We did have pork buns. And and you the loved the pork bun. bun. I had that was also great. Yep. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> yes. He trusts me with food. This is a feat, ladies and gentlemen. This is a achievement in the book of Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Major accomplishments. Major. Uh, then we kind of, oh, and we should say we, uh, for people who don't watch the stream, you don't know who this person is. Uh, but we met up with one of our friends from stream, K Jedi. Yes, K Jedi, one of our um, programmers for yes. the Wheel of Geek Gen. Yes, uh, and we had never met him in person either, and he was wonderful and uh, had ramen with us. And then we hung out with him afterwards. He got the for quite level three spicy ramen, guys. He did. He's a spicy boy. Like if you <laughs> ever get to meet K Jedi, just give him mad respect. You can just tell him level. I heard you're a spicy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we ended up walking around. You suggested we went to get ice cream. And then by the time yeah, we got to Kiradelli, <laughs> you say half jokingly, you wanted ice cream. And then by the time we got there and we got in line, you were like, I don't want ice cream anymore. Uh, I was like dying on the inside. I was so tired and so yeah. beat and so ready to like sleep by that point. I was already hooked in though. So I, I got, got loopy. Ice cream. Yeah, I got loopy guys. You, you got a little, you got a little Connery is what you got. <laughs> I started making weird noises and voices, but y'all were laughing, so that's all that matters. It right? was funny. I was amused. It was enjoyable. And we tried going to Taco Bell 2032. Oh, man. So for people who don't know, there there was an anniversary of Demolition Man going on, and they did uh, what they call an activation, all those little like pop-up things around San Diego are called activations. I don't know. If that's an official industry term or whatever. An uh, activation. Yes. Let's activate uh, the Taco Bell. <laughs> they converted a, a steakhouse into the Taco Bell from Demolition Man. Because in Demolition Man, all restaurants are Taco Bell. I am a huge Demolition Man fan. It is arguably my favorite action movie. And I was very excited to go. But And every day we were like, oh, we'll go like tomorrow. We'll go tomorrow. Like <laughs> it's something we kept putting off because we just yeah, didn't we have time. Yeah, we had seen it, I guess, Friday night. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the lights were like awesome. Yeah, because I have not seen Demolition Man. Yet another movie mm-hmm. I need to get woke on. Don't judge me. I can feel you <laughs> through the ether. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm excited to make you watch all this. Yeah, that's the benefit of me, right? Like, yeah. I, you get to see everything through my eyes. You're again. just so uncultured that I get to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, but... Yeah, and then you told it. You said that to me. I was just, I was just like freaking out by the neon Taco Bell. Yeah. I was like, oh hell yeah, I love me some Taco Bell. Neon Taco Bell, I'm down. Apparently, they had like four course meals going on inside, and yeah, yeah um, we walked by where we thought it was like a few times. Like, where the frick is this Taco Bell? Can we not see it because it's daytime and the lights aren't there? Well, apparently during Sunday, they pulled the whole thing down and yeah, they were done with it. It was gone. And we were like, just left wanting. Yeah. It was painful. 
taco in my chest Painful. breaking my heart like i don't even care about taco bell i care about that taco bell yeah yeah that would have been and i'm like rob knows especially after this weekend how big of a millennial foodie i am mm-hmm. man it was such a missed opportunity you could have gotten so many instagram could have got so many instagram <laughs> pictures like what oh it hurts <laughs> the neon lighting and everything. Yeah, no, seriously, though, I was super excited about the idea of having, like, an actual, like, dressed meal from Taco Bell. Right. That's hilarious to it's me, and funny. I needed that. Yeah. Oh, well. The we'll have to live vicariously through the internet's experiences. Yeah, heckin' frick. Then you had to uh, head out and met up with some of your friends uh, that you were staying with. I did, yes. So my birthday is soon. And I was lucky enough to stay with some close friends of mine in San Diego, so I didn't have to pay for uh, outside staying, like a hotel or an Airbnb. Um, and they were using me on Sunday to uh, to celebrate my birthday. And it was lovely. We had dinner with each other. Um, we didn't have any intimate time together the entire weekend I was there sleeping on their couch. <laughs> <laughs> so we had dinner, and we ended up just playing games together, which... These are friends that live in California that I very rarely get to see. So playing like Crash Bandicoot for hours was everything I needed at the end of my (laughs) Sunday. Um, I missed you and I missed Jedi and I sadly missed a few other friends, but I'm very glad I got to dedicate some time to them, especially seeing as how they were sharing their house with me. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was great to just like kick it with my friends and play games. And you were going home a lot earlier than I was, so your wind down time yeah. <laughs> was needed sooner than Yeah, I was than flying mine. out the next day at 7, which I didn't tell you, but I almost missed my flight. Really? Yeah, I like got to the gate with five minutes to spare. Oof. Um, and you know you know me and how much I stress about planes, mm-hmm. so your girl was on a whole new level of stress. <laughs> <laughs> but once I got there, everything was fine. I calmed down, and yeah, I actually had zero stress about that flight once I got on the plane. I was oh, like, good. you know what? If I die, I die. It's all over. <laughs> I met Troy. Nothing else yeah. matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I ended up continuing to hang out with Jedi. We drove around for a bit. Uh, and then we met up with another one from our Twitch community, Piggy Supreme, who lives in San Diego. Uh, so we ended up going to, we met up at a coin op. Uh, we, we had walked by it at a couple times, that coin op arcade bar thing. Yeah, that one I was like, I want to go to there. Yeah, yeah. We went uh-huh. to there. Uh, <laughs> actually, not that one, though, because we were going to meet there, but there was another one closer to where a she lives. So we went one? to a different one. There's more than one. What? Yes. <laughs> So we ended up going to that one. And then uh, at some point, I was like, my other tradition, because all my traditions with San Diego are food based. Uh, my other tradition, aside from Ghirardelli, is getting in and out at some point while I'm at the con. And I hadn't done it yet. And I was leaving on Monday. So they were like, OK, let's go get in and out. So <laughs> we did that. And I got my burger and uh, my burger and uh, some flies and all those <laughs> things. Uh, and it was it was wonderful. So I also share that tradition, right? Mm-hmm. And I was so enthused as I landed on Thursday or Wednesday night. And they live, they had an in and out literally like right next to their home. And I, I got in and out the first night, but we ended up like talking until midnight, which technically was two for me. Like, hmm. and I had a burger sitting on the table and I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat this at yeah. technically 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that before a day. My first like day I had to be up at like seven. 
Uh, so I ended up throwing my in and out away, and I'm very sad about it. Although, Houston is getting an in and out soon. Oh. Yeah, so there's already one in Austin. So I've, I've got, I kind of get a taste of it every once in a while. So you're going to um, have an in and out and a Ghirardelli? Yeah, so... When yeah, we hanging um, out, Todd. <laughs> Not that I want to use you for your food or anything. I'm like a three hour less of a flight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're closer. So you're like, she's closer. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, so I was I was right there in that tradition. And then that Sunday evening, instead of them making me dinner, I was like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna postmates in and out. And nobody would deliver in and out. It was beyond me. I was like, what is happening? So yeah. Sad. I didn't. I didn't get to have my tradition either. Crushing. But you did, so I I'm did. proud of you. I did. Uh, and that was pretty much it. I mean, my Monday was, you went home right away on Monday. Uh, super early flight. Mine wasn't until 8.30. Uh, and I had nowhere to go because I checked out of my Airbnb around like 10.30. I had to be out by 11. Although I bet if I had asked, he would have totally let me stay. But I just don't like imposing on people. Like if right. if I had asked beforehand... I w- that would have been more comfortable. But if I'm like in that situation, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere until eight o'clock. Can I just stay here? Like that feels like an imposition because I'm already there. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to dig my heels in and be like, oh, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm moving in, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going just going to the airport because I couldn't drag my luggage all over San Diego either. That wouldn't have been fun. And I just took it, uh, took the opportunity to get some work done, really. Had some Phil's barbecue in the airport, which was really good. Nice. Yeah, I wish they had a yeah, little more, a little more barbecue sauce on it. But it was, it was that nice, like that, like charred pulled barbecue taste. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that Instagram picture you took. <laughs> I saw a rub off on you a little bit this last weekend. I, I see. I hate taking pictures with my phone. I want to take them all with my camera because oh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a photo snob. But if I'm throwing them in my story on Instagram, then I don't care as much. It's like this is I disposable. I loved it. So keep doing okay. it always. Okay. <laughs> Um, and that's pretty much it. That was that was the con. So, what were kind of like the big uh, highlights for you? Like my final moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we went through them, and of course, the Doctor Who panel starting it off that way was super great for me. Mm-hmm. Very transformative. Gave me all of the motivation and hype that you could get as you started. Um, and then, of course, I think. I think just like being able to go on the con floor. I mean, yes, I loved playing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That was great. I was so glad we had the opportunity to do that because we both love that game equally. Yes. Um, but just being able to go on the con floor and <laughs> kind of as you and I were, we were so casual and we weren't rushed. And I've been to so many cons where I feel like people are selling me things or I feel like I have to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just more stress involved. And this one, I don't, I don't know. It just, there, it wasn't there. So I was able to kind of just meander and, and just kind of take in everything around me and be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And just being able to do that and do it with you, somebody that I respect and I've been able to work with and haven't really spent quality time with. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was magical. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, Troy Baker was uh, a, a damn delight yeah. and so much more than I could have hoped for. Um, and being able to meet so many new people that weren't on my radar but now are on my radar. Yeah, it was just kind of the tip of the iceberg for how excited I am for the work that we're going to be doing mm. in the future. I think a lot of the anxiety from cons in general comes from the amount of choice and the 
lack of aim that people go in with them. Oh, yeah. In because you look at everything and it's kind of overwhelming the stimuli and the but I, I, I love having a schedule and that we actually had obligations because it just focuses me. Oh, yeah. And you and I had kind of discussed that too, talking about, you know, if we didn't, if we weren't there for work, mm-hmm. we aren't entirely sure we would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's not throwing shade to those of you that do actually enjoy the con and you go to enjoy the experience. It's just, I think, different for us because once you kind of, you are able to get behind the scenes and you get to meet them and you get to talk with them and interview them and, and get to know them, it's, it's hard to go back and just be, be in, in the, you know, so yeah, it's definitely given me a whole different perspective on cons. Yeah. And so much respect for the people that put them together. Oh my God. Yeah. And this one's organized so well. Oh my goodness. I mean, of course it's been around for a long time and they've had exponential growth. So they've been able to learn uh, through their experience, but yeah, it's, it's very organized. Although I will say, this is not something that we mentioned on the cast, but it mm-hmm. is something I kept saying. The security was not that great. Um, and True. if anybody is listening from the actual production side of San Diego Comic-Con, please up your security. There were so many times I was going through bag check and I could have been sneaky and you would have never known, mm-hmm. uh, which made me a little nervous. So yeah, yeah, that was not, that was, that was shocking for me. That was true. Yeah. Like they have you open your bags and they like look in the one pocket you open, just ignoring the yeah, three Yeah, I was like, I was at a baseball have. game. Um, and there are just so many people there and there's so much opportunity to do, uh, you know, not to be a cynic, but mm-hmm. I just think it does it does promote and ask for a little bit more. Um, although I do say that and there were many police officers with many dogs. Oh, yes. Um, so there was obvious attention to it. I just I think with the security, I think it could have been a little bit tighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Mm. But what about you? I mean, you've done this. You said. Five years? This is the fifth year. Fourth year is press for San Diego. Yeah. Um, And there's stuff that stands out every single year, obviously. I mean, one of the things that I like to do is I've never gone with the same person uh, to San Diego. So in a way that keeps it fresh for me, I'm seeing it through fresh eyes every year. So you can't come back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You watch. (laughs) Uh, There's something nice about seeing it through other people's eyes. And I like the process of introducing it to somebody else kind of from both sides too. like, not just, Hey, here's San Diego comic-con, but Hey, here's this whole other con experience. Maybe you didn't even know existed. I, I really enjoy that press side. And yeah, I feel like I feel spoiled. I feel like to to go back to being a normal con goer uh, would not be nearly as enjoyable to me because I don't I wouldn't have the access that I have now. And the thing like, yeah, this is a frick ton of work to put it in Todd language. It's a frick ton of work, <laughs> uh, a heck and frick ton. But uh, it's I love it. I love the the, the post production is as much fun where I have to like go through and edit everything. But it's exciting to release all that. It's super exciting to be in there and, and actually do it. And uh, it's it's the best kind of hard work, in my opinion. Once you go press, you never go back. That's true. Which kind of, I mean, that's our hope, is, is next year that we'll have double the size of our team. Hopefully. And we'll be able to cover just as much. So if you are interested in doing kind of some of the things that we have discussed here on the podcast and you believe that you have the qualifications please let us know mm-hmm. um you can contact me i'm todd t-a-u-d at thegeekgeneration.com if you want to shoot me an email and just kind of tell me 
your experience and if you would like to do this with us. Because, you know, we're trying to do this more, not just at San Diego Comic-Con, but cons across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to have, we can't make it to every con. It's just not feasible. We can't. And we can get you access to them and we can give you the the things that you need to cover for us on the things that you love. And that's what we're doing here at the Geek Generation. We're building a community of people that really love. We are. Really love all the things that we're talking about today. And that doesn't mean the right to Todd and say, hey, can you get me in this con? No, that's not what that means. Yeah. It means it and means we are looking to increase the, the Geek Gen family. And, and that starts with building a relationship and building trust. And uh, it's most likely going to start with like a writing role and show us that you have what it takes to do it because there is there's work that goes into it. And we want to make sure you're up for that work as well. Absolutely. Um, it won't be as easy as, hey, I want this. Let me give right, it to right. you. Um, but it is something that like for me, I just for don't example, want you to get all those. Emails. <laughs> right. And I mean, whatever, I'll sift through it. But, <laughs> you know, for me and you, like we've been working together almost a year at this point. Mm-hmm. And everything that I've been doing is completely new to my to my res- resume. It's completely new to my repertoire of like skill and talent. And I'm learning how to do all of this stuff with you. Uh, and I wouldn't have done it unless, you know, you reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to do this for me? So I think sometimes it's always good for us to be like, hey, if you yeah. ever, if you want this, You're right. um, we're open for communication. Yep. Hit us up. Uh, but yeah, to, to Rob's point, please don't try to come to me just for a free badge. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know better. <laughs> I am yes. a gullible girl, but I'm not that gullible. <laughs> um, to kind of wrap things up. Do you have a final thought or something you'd like to plug? I know you do some things on the internet. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, of course, for for wanting me to come with you and being so lovely in person and just a genuine friend. Um, not only are we professional with each other, but you're you're a good friend to me. So thank you. And, thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can if you would like to check me out. I have my own Twitch channel. I, I broadcast there as a variety caster. Um, it's twitch.tv forward slash Todriel, T-A-U-D-R-I-E-L. I stream Monday through Thursday, sometimes on the weekend. Uh, I play games like Rainbow Six Siege. I like narratives and I have a lot of opinions like you you learned today. Um, so if you like that stuff come come find me opinions are necessary for being on the podcast <laughs> it is a requirement of entry <laughs> for everything else we do head on over to thegeekgeneration.com if you use iTunes please rate the show and write a review we always appreciate those nothing powers our uh, the way we're shown on iTunes as much as reviews do so those are very important watch our live events over at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration that is our event channel but you can also follow my personal twitch channel at twitch.tv slash the Rob Logan because everything I have must start with the <laughs> you can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com and as always the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy a link to their site can also be found on our site we'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you and we will see you then later bye make it so